Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hey, it could be worse. At least you're not listening to Mr. P's science math podcast on linear mathematics. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast for all of you 18 years and older only. Sorry, kids. Gotta be 18 to enjoy this show. Um, I am your host, Brian Levine, and on tonight's show, hey, let's uh, talk about my trip and... uh, I have a little bit of a little bit of an FDA update coming up here shortly, but for pipe parts, we'll talk about my trip, and then my guest tonight is pipe maker Wayne Typen. Uh, mailbag music rant, all that coming up in uh, tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. And uh, if you remember back a year ago, we talked about the FDA and new legislation or new oversight of pipe tobacco and premium cigars well we are coming up on uh, when they should be releasing what they propose as their findings and uh, should be the end of this month is what we're being told the end of June is uh, when they should release it now once it's released it goes to the office of management and budget for review for financial impact and then at that point We'll learn even more, but we should be seeing copies of it. The minute we do see a copy of it, we'll let you know. We'll let you know exactly what is in there. And again, we could be looking at stuff as far as uh, grandfather dates for blends on the market. Uh, Right now, the the premium cigar folks are trying to lobby for uh, a definition of what is a premium cigar. Uh, we on the pipe tobacco side are trying to lobby or have tried to lobby for defining a uh, a pipe tobacco versus a roll-your-own cigarette tobacco. So all that's going to be in there. There may be some testing requirements. We don't know. We just don't know what's going to happen with it. But as soon as it does come out, we'll let you know. But right now they're saying by the end of June. So that will be uh, interesting to see, to say the least. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company, and here we go. This is Internet Radio. My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at 1-888-366-0345 and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are SmokingPipes.com. 
this is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. All right, I forgot to mention that we've got a big mailbag, so I'm going to go through this, kind of quickly touch on the the, the tobacco-related highlights. Uh, I don't want you all to feel bad for me, but, um, you know, Monday, last Monday morning, by the time I got up and, you know, spent uh, Memorial Day around the house doing stuff, uh, got on an airplane last, on uh, Monday night at 10.30, actually boarded about 9.45, we were due to push back at 10.30, and, uh, we pushed back and got out onto the runway and then had a mechanical problem, so we came back to the gate we left two hours late. Now, what does that mean for me? Uh, I had a two and a half hour layover at London's Heathrow Airport, and anybody who's been through London's Heathrow Airport, it's basically an entire county, and two hours is about the minimum that you want for an international flight coming in. Well, I got in with about 45 minutes to spare uh, to get from one terminal to the other, clear security and uh, get onto my plane and I made it with about two and a half minutes so that was a nice little rush uh, got into Copenhagen took the drive to Svendborg where McBaron's offices are and checked into the hotel had dinner with a couple of the folks from McBaron and then off to bed at ten fifteen local time now by the time I had hit the bed there it was about four fifteen east coast time which meant at that point I'd been up for about 32 hours straight. So let's just say I was tired. Now, on uh, on Wednesday morning, got up and enjoyed the traditional Danish breakfast, which I absolutely love. If you ever go to Denmark, the, the breakfast in the hotels are absolutely wonderful. Uh, had smoked salmon both mornings that I was in Svenborg. Love it. Uh Anyway, Wednesday was spent primarily on a uh, on a strategy and planning meeting and discussing. Of course, we were looking at what might happen with FDA, but we were discussing future plans and future targets and goals. That's not the exciting part. The exciting part was the next day. Uh, that night after having dinner at uh, Henrik Hallberg's house, looking out over the looking out over the bay that uh, Svenborg is on. It was a beautiful evening, and it was kind of fun to watch the sun go down because it finally got dark at about, oh, 1030, Uh The next day was spent in the tobacco factory part of the part of the uh, of McBaron, looking at a couple of different processes, talking to the uh, talking to the head leaf buyer, talking to the uh, the blending guys. And discussing some new ideas. This is the fun part of my job because when I mention something, they say, well, let's go get it. Now, when you when you look at McBaron, there's the factory, there's a small warehouse, there's an office building. And then across the street, there are three very large warehouses that are 
big enough to put a uh, a small airplane, a small jet plane in, but I don't know. I don't know how to estimate size real well, but maybe say 60, 70,000 square feet each and about 40 feet tall. Well, I had mentioned that I wanted to look for a, uh, I was looking for a specific kind of an oriental that I thought would be an interesting additive into a couple of the potential blends. So we went back into the warehouses and I'm standing in these warehouses. All three of them are stacked high on pallets of boxes that are called um, uh, C48s or Saratogas. Anyway, they hold about 400 to 500 pounds of tobacco each. There is enough tobacco in storage right now to produce five years worth of production for the entire globe of all McBaron product. And when you get a chance to go in there, all the smells and the aromas that just overwhelm you, all the tobaccos that are sitting there all coated, when you want to see something, one of the guys in the warehouse grabs the forklift, brings it down, you pop open the box, and there's just bales and bales of leaf. Uh, did find a uh, interesting, an interesting oriental that's kind of a... Uh, it's a little bit of a homogenized blend between uh, two or three of the old varietals, but it could be interesting for use in a future McBaron blend. Uh, then the rest of the afternoon was spent literally figuring out what new blends we need to have on the market and coming up with a couple of uh, couple of descriptions and some ideas for the new uh, a couple of new HHs that we want to get out. So that was. Uh, that was Thursday. And Thursday afternoon, we drove back to uh, Copenhagen and spent a uh, spent a little bit of time doing some sightseeing and then had a wonderful dinner at Tivoli. And again, Tivoli, very smoking friendly. So if you're in Copenhagen and you get a chance to go to Tivoli, bring your pipe. Uh, tons of places to sit and smoke your pipe. Of course, you have to do it outdoors. And then Friday morning, got up bright and early. Hopped on the plane in uh, Copenhagen, got uh, in on on the approach into London, into Heathrow again. We made we had to circle because the weather was bad, so they were spacing everybody out. And then we had our turn, and we were coming in, and the weather was rough, and the pilot pulled up pretty quick. I mean, we were we were about a thousand feet up off the ground, and he pulled up pretty quick got back above the clouds, got on the radio and said, well, we had a wind shear warning, and we decided not to push it. So, once again, now I'm, uh, we're circling back again, and it was, it was bouncy, I will say that. But uh, going back into Heathrow, well, this time I had about 25 extra minutes. <laughs> anyway, got back on the plane, got back home fine and safe right on time on Friday, and... Uh, Spent most of Saturday just kind of catching up. Sunday was uh, yard work day and getting ready for uh, graduation festivities around the house. So there you have my uh, my entire week last week. And can't wait to get back to uh, Svenborg and uh, play around with some other tobaccos. All right, in just a minute, Wayne typing and then, a big, uh, and then music and then a big mailbag and a rant. All that still coming up.
I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical, a tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at SutliftTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented Perfect Match system. Try it at SutliffTobacco.com. Go to SutliffTobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. Hi, my name is Eileen Sachi from MarketingPipes.com. If you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on eBay, chances are you know my dad, Hank Sachi, or eBuyer1932. My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is MarketingPipes.com. At MarketingPipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at MarketingPipes.com. Thank you. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining me on the telephone is uh, pipe maker Wayne Typen. And Wayne, you also have a, I mean, pipe making is a part-time job for you, but welcome to the show. Tell us where you're from and where'd you grow up. Uh, thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I currently live in uh, Cloverdale, Indiana. It's where I grew up, a uh, small town. Uh, it's west central Indiana. Um, I lived here all my life. In fact, uh, my wife and I and uh, my three kids uh, live in the house that my parents built in 1984. Um, so, yeah. So, you're, are, are you a native Hoosier? I am, born and bred. Uh, and what is a Hoosier? I have absolutely no idea. Nobody from Indiana Nobody knows. Indiana. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no idea. I'm not sure anybody is. In fact, I, I actually did uh, try to look up what a Hoosier was, and uh, I, I guess it's just plain not known. I don't think anybody knows. The standard answer I get is, it's somebody from Indiana. Okay. Somebody from Indiana, that's right. <laughs> right. Because it's, because, it's because in Indiana, and, and it's hard to say. That that would work for me. All right. <laughs> Uh, so, when did you start smoking a pipe? Uh, I started uh, smoking a pipe in 2007. And what got you interested in it? Were you uh, were you drunk one night and just decided to try it? <laughs> no, actually, uh, I I first decided. Well, my dad my dad smoked a pipe briefly when I was a kid, and my grandpa did also, but he mostly smoked Camel non filters. But he did have a couple Meerschaum pipes uh, that, that he would smoke occasionally. Um, and I think my, my old man smoked uh, just a cheap uh, a cheap pipe, probably a, a gray bow would be my guess, or a K. Woody or something like that, and Middleton's cherry. Uh, and I liked the smell of it, thought it was interesting. I never uh, never really considered it until 2007. I, 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 uh, I'm a pretty avid hiker, backpacker. 
And the group of guys that I would regularly go hiking with uh, always liked to, to pick up a cheap cigar and take it on, uh, pack, it in, pack it in and smoke it around the campfire. And I would do the same, but, you know, I never really acquired the taste for cigars. I appreciate them more than I used to. Uh, so I, I came home from uh, coming home from one uh, section hike on the Appalachian Trail in 2007. Uh, we were watching Lord of the Rings. I know it's very cliche, but uh, we were watching Lord of the Rings, and it was the scene where um, Bilbo and and Gandalf were sitting on the hill smoking their pipes. I thought and it just kind of clicked in my head. You know, maybe I maybe I would enjoy smoking a pipe. Looks looks uh, pretty relaxing seems similar uh to the camaraderie you get you know when you're with a group of guys smoking uh cigars so i when i got home i i ran it past my wife i don't think she realizes what she was agreeing to uh <laughs> she's like Esther or whatever she, she probably thought yeah he's gonna buy a pipe and smoke it when he hikes which was typically once or one or two weeks out of the year um and so yeah then it took off from there uh yeah, you know, for for somebody that does a lot of backpacking or hiking and stuff like that, a pipe is a whole lot easier to carry than a cigar for each night because you just throw the yeah. pipe, throw the pipe in the pouch in your backpack, and away you go. Yeah, right. Some tobacco in a Ziploc bag, and you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad on the Appalachian Trail you weren't watching Deliverance. <laughs> There's a couple parts that you, yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah. that's, why you, that's why you go in a, in a big group. Of course, I guess that didn't matter for them, did it? Uh, no, and that is nonfiction. <laughs> uh, that's right. <laughs> now, what is the, uh, your your last name is T-E-I-P-E-N, and it's pronounced Typen. What, what's the origin of it? That's, uh, it's a German name. My, my, my family uh, came across the, the pond from Germany. Um, and it's pronounced the, the second vowel in German when the vowels are together. Is, the second vowel is pronounced, not the first. It's a it's not a common German name, uh, so it doesn't get associated as uh, that being its roots very often. But that's why it's pronounced the way it is. Because if, at first glance, it looks like Asian of some sort, but yeah, right, obviously not. Um, and. It, it gets mispronounced a lot too. It gets t- tipping, teeping, all kinds of stuff. But it's typing. And you just get you, you just get used to it, and you go on with your life. Oh yeah, I don't even I don't even give it a second thought. I just I answer. I, I tell people I I answer to a lot worse. So. <laughs> now, when you <laughs> when you started smoking a pipe, did you start off with the aromatics and move around? I did. Uh, yeah, I did. It. I, I'll give you. I, Honestly, and it's it's really weird why this happens. Somebody should do a study on this phenomenon if they haven't already. But yeah, Captain Black's cherry, mm. <laughs> and it was awful. I I, I put uh, I put fire to it, um, took a couple puffs, thought this is the worst stuff that could have ever been brought out of the bowels of hell, and threw it away. <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, from there, let's see, what did I try next? Uh, I, I got this stuff uh, from uh, my local uh, B&M, or at least the one that's closest to me is in Greenwood where I work, the pipe puffer, um, called Ginger Snap. And I don't know what it's what it really is, but it bit like a rabid dog. 
that was my second my second bowl. And I think after that, I probably had Lane one Q, and then shortly after that, um, Frog Morton. And it just went on from there. And I remember my first pipe was a GBD Oxford Zulu shape that I bought from the pipe puffer. Uh, out of it was a basket pipe, and it actually was pretty pretty good little pipe. It was the uh, Frog Morton where the light went on and you said, "Aha! I can actually, I actually enjoy this." You know, the the weird thing was the first bowl. It was so shocking of a difference. The the lot of Kia was. I, I wasn't expecting it, and I didn't like it at all. But I tried a second bowl, and the second bowl, I guess because the shock factor wasn't there, I'm like, yeah, I can really appreciate this. And then I liked it. All right, so how do we get to the point where you're making pipes? Uh, I'm. It's part of my, I don't know if it's a character flaw or personality flaw or what, but anytime I get interested in anything, I like go all all out. I, I can't just do something that I like a little bit. You know, I think that's that's where my wife, I think, goes wrong sometimes when she agrees to certain things that I decide I'm going to get into. I think she probably thought I'd buy a pipe and some tobacco and that would be it. Well, next thing you know, I, I'm buying, you know, tons of tobacco and all kinds of pipes and all that stuff. Well, for me, um, the natural, a natural step for a lot of things is, hey, I can do this myself. And so I bought a pipe kit, like a lot of guys do when they start, and just started whittling away at it, and I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I made a really terrible pipe. I still have it. It's a bit billiard that barely looks like a bit billiard. Um, but from there, you know, I I, I thought, well, I, I'm going to have to have different tools to make this a little bit easier because this looks bad, not because I don't have the ability, it's because of my tools, right, naturally. <laughs> or, lack, or lack thereof ability, I guess. So, yeah, I just started upgrading tools gradually as as uh, time went on. And, yeah, I just I just fell in love with the process. Uh, what was the hardest part for you to figure out at, at the start? Uh, the hardest part for me to figure out at the start was that I really suck at making pipes, probably. I think we all make our first pipe and think it's the most amazing pipe that we've ever that's ever been made. And so you start off with that barrier, you know. There's a, a, a bit of a delusion there for a lot of new time, new or uh, new uh, pipe makers. Is so that... yeah, that and then and then past that, it's mostly just the limitation of you know once you realize that you're really not making very nice stuff, which didn't take me too terribly long because I had some good good people telling me, you know, you're not making very good stuff, and here's how you make better stuff. Uh, yeah, then you move on uh, to realizing that you just don't have the right tools, you know, and then you just go from there, I guess. Is there a shape in particular that you like making more than others? Uh, I, 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 I tend to make a lot of apple-shaped pipes. Um, I, I like the shape. I'm, I'm not real sure... I don't know if there's anything about making that shape that I, I like better than others, but, yeah, I don't know. You just like the uh, the roundness of the bowl? Yeah, I, I'm attracted to graceful lines, curves, uh, kind of kind of the Danish feminine lines that, 
uh, that you see in a lot of what's being made. That's that's pretty attractive to me. I like mid shapes. You, uh, a lot of a lot of people complain that I don't make enough straight pipes, but that that curve is something that just really draws me uh, design wise. Um, I also really enjoy making pipes that uh, have the illusion that they shouldn't be able to be made. So there's a few tricks that I've learned along the way uh, to do some things that 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 kind of baffle people sometimes until they realize what I've done to accomplish it. Give us an idea of what you're talking about. Uh, well, like for instance, uh, a severely bent, long shaped shanked pipe. Uh, a full bent, long shaped uh, shanked pipe is is a very difficult uh, shape to to make. Uh, but there's there's a few tricks that you can do that I don't necessarily want to give out on the air that you can do to accomplish making a full bit long shank pipe. Okay. I had one at the Chicago show uh, that, that, that people particularly liked. Mostly they liked it because it looked like it shouldn't have been, it, it looked like it was impossible to drill. So you're not going to tell us that you cut the shank into three pieces, drill them separately, no. and then glue it back together no, again? All, no, no, no. It's all one piece. That's not the trick. Oh. <laughs> it's all an angle. It's all about the angle of the drilling. Uh, you have one of those magical bent drills? I don't, actually. That would be cool. I'd like to have one, but I don't. It's straight drilled. The only bad thing about a, a, a bent drilling, uh, like some some uh, are doing is that you can't ream the pipe. So I'm not sure that's such a great idea from a practical utilitarian perspective. You only but, make a, you you work as a pipe maker on a mostly part-time basis because you have a, a full-time job. That's correct. Well, it's as close I'm I'm as close to a full-time pipe pipe maker as you can be and still have a full-time job i'm very very fortunate my real job uh if there is such a thing is um is every saturday sunday i work 12-hour shifts i get paid full-time to do it but the uh the trade-off is that i have to work every weekend every saturday sunday so that limits your uh your trips to pipe shows but it does free you up for some time to make pipes that's exactly right. So I have Monday through Friday to do whatever I want, basically. Now I have to, I have to share that time with my wife and kids. So, and my kids are pretty young. So it's still it's still part time hours, I would say, through the week. But at some point, when the kids are all grown up, I mean, I could feasibly be doing pipe work full time. Uh, this year, this year, I'm, I'm on track this year to make uh, probably around eighty pipes. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about your full-time job. We'll talk more about pipes, so stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell & Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenay's Cake, Joie de Vivre, 
Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell & Deal's Cellar Series, the secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. This is Internet Radio. We are back visiting with Wayne. Uh, Wayne, do you mind telling us what your what your uh, full-time, part-time weekend job is? Sure, yeah. Um, I am a registered nurse by trade. Um, I work as what's called a house supervisor, which is basically, uh, it, it's kind of, I, I equate it to like a foreman on a construction site. I just coordinate and oversee the clinical operations of the hospital. Um, and I work every Saturday, Sunday. I work two 12-hour shifts on the in the daytime um and, and i'm fortunate to get paid full-time to do to do that so yeah so pipe making is monday through friday so i mean you went to school to learn nursing or how how'd you how'd you get into nursing uh it's a strange kind of uh, my mom is a nurse my older sister's a nurse uh, I have a cousin, uh, male cousin, that uh, I grew up with because I never really considered it as an occupation. But at the time when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up, uh, he was in school to be a nurse. Uh, I had tried all kinds of construction work. I'd been, I'd worked for a mason. I worked electrical for for many years with my uncle. Um, I, I laid carpet, uh, all kinds of stuff. I drove a trash truck. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, I was a security guard for years, did all kinds of different things, and finally figured out in my mid-20s, you know, when I saw my cousin was uh, going to school to be a nurse, I thought, you know, that, that, that sounds like something that I would be interested in doing. Um, there was a point where I thought maybe I wanted to go to school to be a doctor, um, but then I decided, you know, uh, a doctor's life is it's not an occupation it's a lifestyle i mean you pretty much give up all your free time and I, uh, for the most part and i didn't want to do that so i thought this was the next best thing i uh, got a job at a hospital my mom actually helped me get a job at the hospital she worked at and i worked as a, a nursing assistant um, while i went to school uh, in addition to a couple other jobs i held down while i was in college uh, prior to that, I was in the military, actually, which is why I got such a late start trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, a lot of the male nurses that I've run into have come out of the military as a nurse, but you uh, right. you, you went and played G.I. Joe and then became a nurse. Right, right. Well, and when I went through my advanced training in the military, I was actually uh, stationed at Fort Sam Houston, which is where... Uh, a lot of the military nurses train. I, I can't. I think it's like uh, what 76 Bravo or something like that. 
or 81 Bravo. I don't remember what the MOS was, but, but I was, uh, I went for medical supply. So it wasn't too far of a stretch. So the path just kind of all led to that end. Do, Do the people at the hospital know that you know that you make pipes and smoke them? Uh, most of them do, actually, yeah. And do they give you any grief over it? Have you <laughs> any uh, any bounce back from that? You know, surprisingly, no. Most of them think it's just really cool. Um, but, yeah, uh, now I don't know about upper administration. I've never really talked to them about it. My direct boss knows and thinks it's pretty cool. But, uh, well, yeah, it's smoking, exactly. It's not exactly... Uh, encouraged in the healthcare industry but uh, no. i've never got never had anybody give me grief about it though no well and you're at the hospital on saturday and sunday where the uh where the senior administration's nowhere near the hospital right. on the weekends so. that's right <laughs> that's right that's one of the benefits working the weekend <laughs> i get to do, i get to run things my way <laughs> I mean, but a quiet part. a quiet night in, in icu you can't duck into a private room and smoke a bowl for 45 minutes no no no, I, I, I smoke on my commute because I commute quite a way. I live in the country and prefer it that way. So I, I have about an hour commute to and from work. So an hour drive to and from after a long 12-hour shift. Yeah, you might need a pipe to keep you awake on the way yeah, home. Yeah, it, it, it keeps me awake and helps me wind down because it can get a little stressful at work. Yeah, that's why I'm a salesman. Not as much right. stress. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about your pipes again. You have two different lines of of pipes, and tell us about them. Differentiate them for us. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Last year in Chicago, uh, actually, uh, my heritage line is actually factory phrase bowls with handmade stems, um, and I started the idea. Gosh, four or five years ago, I started thinking about you know possibly doing that and making some contacts and sourcing bowls and and that sort of thing and just kind of working through you know what i wanted it to look like if i even wanted to do it um i decided to come out with uh my line last year at chicago um and uh much to my chagrin briarworks decided to come out with theirs at the same time I and honestly I had no idea they were even working on anything like that so it was a little disappointing last year but uh, the reception of, of my heritage line has still been good I haven't really marketed it as hard as I would have if, if Briarworks wasn't doing what they were doing because I just can't compete on that scale right. but it's still I, I still like to offer uh, a, a more economical uh, choice of pipe um, that should smoke as well as a handmade pipe because the the bulk of that uh, the quality of a smoke is in the airway and the engineering which I engineer the pipes the same as I would a uh, handmade pipe and then of course I have my my handmade line um, of pipes that I make completely from scratch so you get the bowls phrased and turned to to your dimensions and then you come back and rework the airway a little bit and and cut a and put a hand cut stem on it and how much does the heritage line start out at uh the heritage line starts out that's that's correct and the heritage line starts out 150 dollars. i try to keep them between 150 175 
and uh, yeah, they're pretty much. I, I finish them out. I do the handwork and a little bit of hand shaping, um, depending on where I source the bowls from. Some of them come a little rougher than others, and uh, and uh, stain and finish and sandblast and all that stuff. And your handmaids, where do they start? Uh, they uh, just like everywhere else, everybody else, I guess, from block and uh, rod stock. Um, I use a few different sources of briar, mostly Mimo briar, but I do uh, every now and then I'll pick up some uh, uh, some Greek briar. Um, I, I bought some older Greek, Greek Greek briar from Steve Norris of Vermont Freehand. Um, and actually, when I first got started making pipes back in 2008. Um, I, Steve was liquidating his eBay Vermont freehand business at that time, and I picked up 100 blocks of Algerian uh, Plateau from him for a really good price, um, and I still have some of that stuff left over. It's mostly the picked-over stuff that I I probably won't ever make a pipe out of just for various reasons. The grain's got dead spots in it or whatnot. Um, I mean, still would make a, a perfectly smokable pipe, but aesthetically, uh, the, the blocks just aren't the quality that I, I, I'm looking for. So most of what I have now is uh, mo- mostly Mimo briar that I've been working with. A little bit of Mano briar in there. I'd like to try um, some of the briar from Matisse, the Greek briar, because uh, some of that's looking really nice. What is the, uh, di- what, in your opinion, what's the difference between the, the, the Greek, Italian, and Algerian briars? Uh, it, it, I'm not super familiar with their curing processes, but I'm assuming that has a lot to do with it. Um, the Mimo briar seems lighter, uh, but it also seems less dense to me, uh, as opposed to the Greek and the Algerian. The Greek and Algerian seem pretty similar in characteristics, except the Greek briar seems to have a little nicer grain. Algerian briar blast is sandblast really nice for me. Uh, and it's funny because you talk to different people and they'll give you a different answer. But for me, that's been my experience. Um, but the grain on the Algerian briar that I've uh, worked with isn't quite as tight. Not You don't get as many smooths out of it. Um, they all seem to smoke great. Uh, I don't notice a whole lot of difference there. Um, for me, uh, the Nemo briar, the Algerian briar seems to be drier. Uh, the Greek briar that I've got was old briar, so it was naturally drier. I don't know about newer, McKees' newer stuff. I don't have much experience other than talking to other pipe makers that have been using it. Um, uh, the, the Mimo briar that I get, for me, it's, it, it comes a little wet, so I, uh, I let mine cure for three years before I uh, let it dry in my shop for three years before I'll use it. Um, it's a nice little investment sitting there waiting to be used. Yeah, it is. It's really hard to it's hard to let it sit, but I do. Wow. Uh, do you find that when you if you cut the if you cut the bowl and basically phrase it and open it up and then let it sit even longer, does it help that wood dry out more? Yeah, it definitely does. And every now and then I'll get a I'll get a block that is still wet, um, and that's exactly what I'll do. And I think that's what a lot of pipe makers. Uh, do at least ones that really care about that and, and they should um, because it makes it a, a drier pipe makes for a better smoker right out the gate 
Um, so yeah, if I'm drilling one and I notice there's, and you'll see it when you're with the pressure from drilling, especially the tobacco chamber, you'll see the moisture rise to the surface. So if I get one that does that, then I'll drill the tobacco chamber and I'll, I'll drill every, uh, drill the airway and then I'll let it sit, um, and let it, let it dry. And it dries a lot faster once tobacco chambers drilled in it. Um, but yeah, you let it sit for, you know, uh, a couple months before you do anything else with it. That doesn't happen very often to me, uh, mostly because I always make sure that the, the briar that I'm using is really dry to begin with. One of the things I like about some of the part-time pipe makers like you is that you're not dependent on this for a source of income, so you don't have to rush a bunch of stuff because you need to you need to make pipes. You've got you got a full-time job that basically pays the bills. Right. Yeah, it really is a luxury. I, I'm I'm afforded a lot of luxuries that full-time pipe makers are not, and so yeah, it it, it really is uh, it, it really is a blessing to be honest. The website is typen t e i p e n pipes dot com. I'm looking at some of the pictures of your pipes right now, and you use a lot of uh, decorative trim rings or uh, shank extensions. Uh, what materials are you working with? And then I got a then I got a follow up question on on that afterwards. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like to use a lot of exotic woods. I, it really, there's not, I don't really have a, a limit there. If I find something that I think really looks attractive, uh, whether it be wood or bone or, or horn or, or whatever, or even I, I use some Bakelite. I use a material called Juma, which is kind of like a faux ivory. I was using ivory up until uh, it, it was illegal to do so. Um, I, I like to use deer antler uh i actually have uh, here not too far from me is a guy that raises um oh antelope and uh i, I keep telling myself i'm going to go over there and see what he see if he's going to get rid of any of the old horn that he might have lying around so yeah just stuff like that and finding new materials is kind of fun you know is there, has, has there ever been a material that you've worked with where the smell from cutting it and polishing it was absolutely terrible uh, horn is really bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, not really. Horn's probably the worst. There's some that are really nice, though, too, like uh, olive wood has a real nice smell. And now I know on some of the shank caps and stuff like that, you you use the you use the exotic materials there to cover up from where you had to drill to to make the correct angle for the draft hole. Uh, not no, not necessarily. Now, now early on, I was I was actually I, I would do that, but it's actually better not to do that and to leave the notch because uh, to to uh, and this is something that I corrected it uh, corrected on my pipes a few years ago based on uh, feedback I got from Premel, who's helped me out tremendously from Alchetta. Um, to leave that notch because if you cover it up, then you can't ream the pipe at a later date if it starts to build up uh, uh, tars and whatnot in the airway. Right, well, so yeah, I, they're both they're just they're just uh, purely decorative at this point. Well, that makes sense. It makes it easy to keep the pipe clean and uh, smoking sweet. Right. All right, we will wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yep, let's do it. What's your favorite pipe? 
aesthetically, my favorite pipe is a Karsten Tarp uh, Bent Bulldog that I purchased a while back. Um, Smoking-wise, my favorite pipe is... Uh, Oh, gosh, I've got a few. Uh, probably my favorite is a, a little pencil shank Levat that I made back in 2012. I probably I almost smoke it just about every day. Oh. Uh, and I also have an old, I have an old uh, John Crosby pipe, one of his early pipes that smokes really well. It's just the right size for me. I, I, I love a pencil shank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite tobacco? Uh, I'm... I, I prefer McClellan blends, especially uh, Red Virginia's, uh, like 5100. I also really like, uh, because it's similar, uh, McCraney's Red Ribbon. I'm actually smoking that today. So mostly mostly Virginia's and Vapors. What is your favorite drink? Uh, favorite drink would be Glenlivet. Any particular like age it. of it? I like uh, it, it, the 12 years economically. Uh, because I can afford it, um, uh, but I like I like the sweeter scotches. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Uh, I don't have the intention span anymore to read books. I found that it took me too long because my mind wanders too much. I used to read a lot in my earlier days, but these days it, it would be uh, probably a tie between music and uh, movies. Um, I like old classic movies, the black and whites, and I also like uh, music-wise, I listen to a lot of the blues, especially the Mississippi Delta blues, especially when I'm working in my shop, like uh, Robert Johnson, Sunhouse, Petey Wheatstraw, that uh, sort of stuff. I love Muddy Waters, if he only, if he only yeah. smoked a pipe. Yeah. <laughs> And finally, any particularly favorite uh, pipe smoking memory that we haven't talked about? Uh, nothing real specific, but some of my favorite uh, time smoking a pipe is actually on the trail up in the mountains. It's nice to, to after a, a rough climb to the peak of, of somewhere on the trail, you know, when the weather's nice, lighting up a pipe and just sitting down on a rock outcropping on the trail is just pretty phenomenal and then thinking about the long road down oh yeah <laughs> up and down up and down yep so everybody check out wayne's pipes uh best place to get your pipes is it off your website or do you have uh, retailers as well uh i do i do post them on my website um Sporadically, it's been a, been a little while. The Chicago show, I haven't had anything on there for a while, but there should be something there uh, in the next month or so. Uh, but I also sell off of Smokershaven uh, dot com. Um, also, the Pipe Guys. I have some of my heritage pipes now with uh, Dan Nimitz site, AmericanPipeMakers dot com, and I think there's a pipe still at Pipes and Cigar. Dot com. I have a couple uh, brick and mortar pipes, like down in Houston. The Briar Shop carries my heritage pipes. So you're and you're, I, you're kind of all I over the place. Leave, yeah, I hope I didn't leave anybody out. <laughs> I don't think I did. Wayne, thank you very much. Thanks, Brian. It's been a pleasure. We'll be back in a minute.
Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Malto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMaltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is Malto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. <laughs> just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And signore... Best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Hey! Satleff Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Malto Dolce blend in public. Celebrate the history, culture, and future of the pipe at the 16th Annual Pipe and Tobacco Expo. Unique tobaccos and smoking accessories, plus thousands of fascinating pipes for sale and trade. Admission is free. Argosy Casino. For more info, go to gkcpipeclub.com. We are back in uh, the Kansas City Pipe Show, Friday, June 19th, 20th, and 21st. I will be uh, looking for one of Wayne's pipes at the show. Uh, forgot to ask him if he'll be there. Anyway, uh, yes, Kevin, I am still tired. You know, all right, it's taken me some time to get over it, but I'm still tired, so get over yourself. Anyway, all right, for music, hey, I had a different piece picked out, but Wayne was talking about Muddy Waters. Well, this is actually a song that almost made it as the intro song. Uh, this is Muddy Waters doing All Aboard. All Aboard! Tell me, why the train go round the bend? 
Absolutely no proof of it, but uh, Muddy was cool enough to smoke a pipe. So, and that was uh, that was one of the songs that I was toying around with as the intro instead of Ozzy Osbourne. So just imagine in the show with a little different train sound and all aboard at the beginning of it. There's a message for you. So I found a another thread on the forums that caught my attention, and it started out as packages stolen off my porch. Uh, CKG Drums writes. Friday, two different packages containing six tins of tobacco were stolen off my front porch after the USPS delivered them. Needless to say, I'm very disappointed. However, thanks to the good folks at Pipes and Cigars, when I call them on Tuesday, they will file a claim against the post office and send me out replacements for what was stolen. Now that's what I call customer service. The funnier one is further down here, and it's from... M. Anglophile. M. R. Anglophile. Mr. Anglophile. That's what I'm going to guess. It says, glad you are getting your stuff replaced. Uh, Last year I had a box from eBay taken off my porch. Our neighborhood had weathered some issues with stolen mail, but nothing from us. It was a Parker with a Cumberland stem I got from Pipe Stud last year. I had a lot going on that week and didn't even realize it had been delivered on Friday. Then comes Sunday, a no-mail day in my town, and lo and behold, it's my package sitting on the front porch, opened, including Pipe Stud's packaging, which is top-notch, all shoved back in the box with a note saying, no thanks. I brought it in, showed it to my wife with disbelief. All we could surmise is some punk kids took it and thought they were getting something cool. Well, at least they were honest thieves. So I thought about uh, one, it reminded me of a story when I was working at smokingpipes.com of a UPS package that was left on the front porch. Uh, the wife comes home, comes in the garage, lets the dog out to their fenced front yard. The dog runs around and proceeds to devour the package that was left on the front porch. Well, I remember specifically inside the package was a 50-gram tin of Escudo that was now chewed up by the dog, but the tin was still intact, an 8-ounce bag of an Esoterica pipe tobacco that was almost completely consumed by the dog, and the stem off of a Costello Collection Bulldog or Rhodesian shape. The uh, stem had been eaten away by the dog, and teeth marks left in the stem. So that made me think, are are there any uh, any other fun stories of 
people thinking they're getting a good, you know, something good and something, uh, something hot. And, you know, then they open it up and there's pipes in there, you know, uh, do kids see a, uh, do kids see a, a label that says, you know, pipes on it or pipe stud or eBay store or whatever, and think that they're getting, um, pipes that, uh, young kids might be interested in. Anyway, I caught my attention, made me laugh. And going on back to last week's show, uh, JJ Pipes writes, I love Ping's work. If you're on Instagram, check out Peas on Pipes. He's got some beautiful work. Lord of the Pipe Rings writes, uh, I love the episode of you on Country Squire Radio, another great podcast. Maybe it can be worked out to have John David on the Pipes Magazine radio show for an episode to talk about the Country Squire shop. And he says, learned a lot about Suge Pipes, another great interview. Enjoyed the insight into the world of pipes in China by Ping. Keep up the great work on the show. Thank you. Uh, Setter's Brace writes, I enjoyed Ping's interview and he sounds like an all-around fun guy. He learned English from watching Friends. I find that amazing and I'm glad he doesn't sound like the character Ross. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, actually, he didn't. He didn't learn English from Friends. He learned conversational American from Friends. Uh, Ping seems very. He goes on to write. Ping seems very grounded with his pipe making, and it'll be exciting to see what the future has in store for him and our community. I love hearing about these up and comers. The hobby needs more young blood. Yes, it does. The more young blood, the better. And uh, speaking of young blood, John Seiler writes. Hi, Overseas Brian. I've only ever smoked one Suge pipe that I broke in for a friend. I found it to be well-made and smoked very good. Uh, Pingzon is someone with whom I am not familiar. I believe I saw him in Chicago this year. If I understood, he is seeking an international reputation so that he can sell the pipes in China. Like all of us, he had a great time in Chicago. Uh, John, yes, you're right. That was that was quite interesting to me that uh, Ping said in order for his pipes to be valuable or wanted on the Chinese market, first they have to be accepted by the Western world. So he's selling them all out of China, trying to, and hopefully will eventually get some uh, collectors in China interested. Uh, John writes, a music mother folk, pipe smokers, all nice song. Rant, Microsoft is a large corporation. What do you expect? Sorry, bud, you can't get the best calculators ever made. Hewlett-Packard. They don't make them anymore. I have some old ones if you want one. Uh, Nice show, safe travels. No, John, save your calculators for uh, your friend Bill Kotick. Uh, Casey Ghost writes, The story on the Suge's was very interesting. The Japanese have always placed a high value on hand craftsmanship as evidenced by their Living National Treasures program. There is a nice write-up on Suge's on uh, the Al Pasha website. Uh, Ping looks like he has some impressive pipes. I would like to have seen what they go for, but none of the dealers had any for sale. That's probably a pretty good sign for Ping. Uh, The scan pipes people don't take on just anybody. I was very impressed with his English. I always marvel at the people from other countries who can speak multiple languages where the best we can do is order a beer in other languages. Yes, yes we can. 
Uh, Microsoft, like all pseudo-monopolies, can do just about whatever they want. They never give you an upgrade that doesn't take something away. I still can't believe they took away the ability to search for files by file name. Uh, I didn't comment on this last, uh, last show. The Country Squire interview you did was wonderful. Those guys do a really nice job. Uh, Al Jones wrote, I loved hearing Mr. Mr. Zahn's interview. I found it amazing to the extent that he went to learn English. I guess there are worse methods than gazing at young Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, or gazing at current Jennifer Aniston, or gazing at... Yeah, anyway. Uh, Voorhees writes, Hi, Brian, I have one Sugeiki Bana pipe, and it smokes wonderfully, and they are beautiful to boot. Ping's pipes are impressive, and the music selection was very good. I did listen to the Country Squire show interview. Thanks for the link, as I can now download another show to my Microsoft iPad. <laughs> yeah, or your... Uh, uh, your your Mac Android. Uh, Dino says, A very interesting show as usual. I met and spoke and shared a smoke with both Saab Suge and Ping Zan in the tent at the Chicago show. Both artists were wonderful and outgoing conversationalists. I also stopped at their tables in the Mega Center and, mar- and marveled at their work. I too saw the Country Squire interview. It was very entertaining and as many have said, you do have the perfect face for radio. Yes, I do. Uh, really enjoyed Mother Folk till Tuesday, Dino. Thanks, Dino. And again, say hi to your daughter for me. Uh, last one. Pappy Mac says, a good show as usual, but I skipped past the interview with Ping when he basically bashed Savinelli's as being cheap and poorly engineered. I have five different Savinelli's, and they are some of my better pipes. I've never heard of anyone saying they had to send their Savinelli back because it wasn't drilled properly or that the airway needed opening. To me, I associate anything made in China to cheaply made products and knockoff copies of brand names. I enjoyed listening to the Country Squire podcast also. And uh, I wonder if that's uh, the the thought of uh, of a Chinese-made pipe uh, I wonder if that's stopped some people from buying a uh, buying an artisan pipe made in China because you know that was it. That was uh, that's the idea that Chinese stuff is less quality. Uh, but also, if you remember back in the '60s, the '50s and '60s, all the stuff that was made in Japan was terrible quality. And now look at the cars they're making. All right, everybody. That's the mailbag. Got any messages? Post them in the forums. I look forward to them. Read them all. Uh, got any comments? Post them in there as well. And in just a minute, rant time. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well the exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archipelago red. 
So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for CupOfJoes.com. CupOfJoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. CupOfJoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly Pipes. Check out their remodeled website at CupOfJoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, CupOfJoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. This is Internet Radio. Cowboy. Cowboy. Two countries with great histories in the pipe and tobacco world. Denmark, the country where the birth of the artisan pipe was. Yes, the birthplace of the artisan pipe with Iverson, Conowitz, and all the greats of the uh, 60s and 70s and now currently. And uh, Denmark, home to the highest per capita pipe smoking population in the world. The United Kingdom. And the city of London, home of the birth of the basic modern-day tobacco industry. And where the Briar Pipe took hold in the late 1800s. Both countries steeped in heritage. Uh, What do they have in common? Both times when I was going through security on the way back from my trip, both times... I got stopped for a secondary inspection of my black leather backpack. And why did I get stopped for my black leather backpack? Because it had some strange wires in it that they didn't know what it was on the x-ray. Those strange wires, what were they? Half a pack of pipe cleaners tucked in my two-pipe bag with a pouch of tobacco in there. Yes, both Denmark and London's Heathrow Airport, I got stopped for secondary screening because of pipe cleaners. So apparently, these uh, countries with great history, yes, Denmark, tons of tobacco, tons of pipe tobaccos made there daily. Apparently, those people don't use pipe cleaners. And the fine folks in the city of London, with its pipe smoking history and heritage, Those folks don't use pipe cleaners either because both times I got stopped by security purely to look and see what those little wires were in my bag. Yeah, there you go. A little bit of irony, a little bit of history. I will say, though, however, they're security people, very polite, very professional, and when they saw that it was pipe cleaners, they got a big giggle out of it. So... There you go. All right. Hey, do me a favor. If you haven't left us a rating or review on iTunes, please go and do that. That would be absolutely wonderful for the show. Uh, If you haven't left us a rating or review on Stitcher Radio, do that. Uh, Those ratings and reviews do help the show get found, help the show stay high in the rankings, and we really appreciate those. Make sure and tune in. Remember, new shows every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 8 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States of America, which I am back in and will be here for a while. So, hey, 
want to thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Wayne Typen for joining me. Thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails and why should the people listen to you? Because, unlike some other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent.